it? Over the years, we've enjoyed grants from Mitsubishi, from Fujitsu, from the Nippon Foundation. That, and we have another one now for the Nippon Foundation for Ukraine. They're, they're organizing a grant for that. You have to apply, and there's a lot of paperwork. Right. And there was one for Toyota the other day, which is like 300 pages of stuff. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Zoom, just contact me. Dutel. Yeah. Which stands for Tokyo's English Lifeline. That's right, but we don't use that anymore. It's just tell now. Okay. So, but you can you can refer it to it like that. Is that right? That's the origin of the name. So, would you, would you start? What do you call it now? Tell. Just tell. Okay. Just oh, just because that's what you're doing. In in large letters. Yeah, okay. Tell. Tell. T e l l. Okay. I'm the executive director there. Okay. How long have you been executive director? Just since last July. Is that right? So, coming up to one year, going into my second year. Wow. Giles, first of all, and I said it right, Giles. Yes, it's Giles. Yep. Giles. Yep. I will not say Giles. <laughs> In French, it's, it's Gilles. It's Gilles. Gilles. But do you speak French? Not really, no. Okay, all right. But Giles, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. I mean, we, we've spoken before. You told me just earlier that we had kids in the same school, the British school. That's right. Wow. At the same time. I think so. It had to be around the same time. I met you for the first time then. And I was at, I was probably, I was only African American at that school at the time. I think, I think so, yeah. I think so, yes. I'm a car yeah. guy and I remember your car. I think it was a Jag or something. Yes. Let me ask, where were you born? I was born in uh, Chile, in Santiago. In Santiago? Yeah, in South America. Okay. And you're one of five children? I'm one of five children, yes. So your parents are either Protestant or Catholics? A mix. My father's <laughs> Protestant and my mother's a Catholic. <laughs> so it worked out well. I it think the right well. balance, yes. And you told me you're, there's 15 years between you and the oldest? That is correct. How, yeah. are, you, how are your siblings doing? Are they all okay? Um, two of them have passed away, but my oldest brother and second oldest brother are still alive. Okay. My oldest brother's living in Princeton, actually, in the U.S. Okay. My second eldest is living in Poland. Now, how did it go? The oldest was what? The oldest child in the family? Yeah. Was female or male? Uh, male. Male. And he's still alive? He's still alive. He, yes, he had a stroke about 25 years ago, mm -hmm. but... Um, he before that he emigrated basically to the U.S. Okay, um, and has lived there ever since. Um, has in the U.S. In the U.S. Where where in the U.S. is he living? In Princeton. In Princeton. Yeah. Why did you talk about in England? No, no. Okay. In the in Princeton. The, okay, Princeton. Okay. That Princeton. Wow. In New Jersey. In New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lovely place. Okay. Yeah. And the second was a girl or a boy? The second was a boy. Okay, but he passed. No, he's alive. He was born in Hungary, okay. which is where my father was stationed at the time. Okay. Um, he's still alive. He's living in Poland, um, which is kind of, you know, right. yeah, at the moment. But uh, he's married to a Polish lady, and so he lives in Poland. And they have children? They have two children, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. You've gotten a chance to see your nieces and nephews? Uh, I saw my 
I saw his daughter about three years ago, actually, in Japan, because she works for IAEA, which is the atomic. And she came over here to check out Fukushima. Now, say it again, IEA? IAEA, which is the International Atomic Energy Association, which is the worldwide association that governs, sort of sets the rules for atomic plants, nuclear plants. And so she came to check out on. Number three was? Uh, Number three is my sister, um, who was married to a Japanese here. She passed away. Was she here for a long time? She was here for a long time. In fact, she's the reason I'm here now is because she said, you know, in 1980 or 81, I think it was 81, come out here for a, for a quick holiday. Was she, was she in Tokyo, based in Tokyo? Yes, she was. She had stayed on after my parents departed in okay. 1977, and she'd yeah. gotten married in 1974, I think, to a local to a Japanese man. Right. And she had children? And she had, yes, she had six children. Six children? Yes. And they're all, well. Okay. No, yeah, my sister was born in Athens, which is where they were stationed next. And she's passed? She's passed, yeah, okay. about 20 years ago. But she was married to a, lo- to a Japanese guy, a, a president of a graphic design company. Okay. He passed a couple of years ago. But they had six children. Whom are here? Um, they're all over the place. Um, in England, one's here, um, various other places around the world. We, we seem to sort of disperse. But you stay in contact with each other? I do. One of them is um, one of them's actually quite well known. She's an actress, um, Sonoya Mizuno, who, who's appeared in La La Land and... Ex, Ex Machina, I think. She's quite well known. Um, she played a major role in that, Ex Machina? Ex Machina, she had a, a major role, um, I think. And then also La La Land, she was a, a minor role, but she's a, mainly a dancer and a sort of model. And so. Okay. Um, and she's married and has kids now, too? Or? No, she's single. She's okay. single. But some of the other children are married. Okay. And she knows you as, your, as her uncle? And yes, okay. yes. So then the fourth one would be who? Fourth one is um, the brother above me, but still seven years separate, and he passed away. He did? Yeah. Oh, okay. Where did he live? He lived in, in England, actually. Okay, the only one. <laughs> <We> followed the <laughs> English line. Yes, you're right, the only one. Actually, my sister. <laughs> my sister, after he died, she moved back to England. She got divorced from my brother-in-law. Okay. and moved with the kids back to England. So she lived there for 10 years. But he was actually the only one who, who really lived in England. Wait, she got divorced from the, her Japanese husband? Yes, yes, she did. And she took all of the kids to England? She took all of them to England. Well, all six, six of them, them, right? Six of them, and they were quite small at the time, yeah. So they grew up English? They grew up in England, so their Japanese language ability is not very good. But then one came back, the, the one that's the actress... The actress one is actually, I think she's in Los Angeles, but one of them came back and lives here. Okay. The oldest sister, the oldest. My goodness. Yeah, it's all over the place. So your father was a diplomat? Yes. Okay, and you were the last child, so you were, were you surprised or did they plan to have another, was your mother and dad, she said, look, I want to have another child. I think it was a surprise more than anything, I think. And being Catholic and Protestant, you were going to be born. I'm going to get born. Yeah. (laughs) Thank goodness. Thank goodness. I think think my parents were very loving, 
That's right. Couple. They were right until the end. So they 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 passed. They've they've passed. Yes. Right. Both within about three or four months of each other. So who went first? My mother went first. Your father was such a man. Yeah. yeah. He couldn't do it. He couldn't. He couldn't. He couldn't let her leave without her. Yeah. Right. And that was in eighty four. Did they die peaceful death at home or at home? Yes. Oh, yeah. beautiful. Mm. How old was your father when he passed? My father was 69. Which that's young. That's far too young. But he'd been, he'd worked hard too, though. He'd he done a lot. He was yes, and he was still working when he when he passed away. He'd retired because mm -hmm. from the you know for the foreign office. Right, right. But he was doing he was doing a lot of JALT stuff. Do you know JALT? The yes. Japan Association of Language Teachers. No, you know? I don't know JALT. No. But it's a vet, it's a service that provides English language teaching assistance mm -hmm. to Japanese schools and okay. um, everybody worldwide goes on it um, and he, he would vet people you know kids mostly kids who are either still in university or just left university mm -hmm. uh, so John so when you were in school where did you do your schooling since you were all over the world I was in the Nishimachi until the end of junior high so you remember Mrs. Matsukara Oh, absolutely. Well, remember her very well. We, we usually had a police car sitting out front because it was uh, the Arab-Israeli War, ah. and, and it was then it was Northern Ireland, and you had all these kids from all these different nationalities who were all great friends with each other. Sure. Yeah, yeah, but but the, the, there usually was a a police car stationed. So you w did you go all the way through Nishimachi up until the eighth grade? I think they went up to the eighth or ninth. It, it went up to the ninth. I started in second grade and I went up to the ninth. Um, I s actually, when I came to Japan, I entered the I entered St. Mary's. Oh, My right. next brother upwards went to the American school for a couple of years. All right. So anyway, so you did Nishimachi. You finished there. Then from Nishimachi, you went where? I went to the Yokohama International School for a year. What made you decide to go to Yokohama International School? My father put me in, into the YAS because it does the British examination system, the O levels and the A levels. It does, yes. And he didn't want to put, well, yeah, he thought that I wouldn't be able to take them if I went into the American school. I don't think at that time you could have. No, no, you probably right. can now, but, right, right. but at the time you, you couldn't do it and it was, I don't know. I don't know what the difference is between going all the way to Yokohama or going all the way to Chofu is, but I suppose. And you took the train. I took the train going the other way. So right, that's. Right, right. And you went to Motomachi and got off in Motomachi and walked up the hill, or. Got off at Sakura uh, Sakuragicho, which at that time was a station okay. on the Toyoko line. Right. It isn't anymore. Right. And then took a bus up the hill. Okay. So it was quite a hike. Wow. And that was fun. Well, so when you went to Waiyas, what was it like? Would you get because it's different than Nishimachi? Oh, it was interesting. Well, it was more British, but they had sort of film classes, and there was a music teacher who liked to toy around with synthesizers, and we could make our own films. I mean, it's like this, you know, that's right, interesting. That's right. Just shoot stuff and add soundtracks to it. It was, it was fun. Wow. Yeah. So, would you study? What were the? Were you more academic or were you more sports-minded? I'm sort of uh, more academic, although I didn't really realize that to the utmost of its potential, I think. So, so what did you like to study? I like to, to study, and I still like to study sort of things, literature, English literature, that kind of uh, history, not so much sort of mathematics, although I can do 
sort of basic finance. Um, but what type of literature did you like to read? Um, mostly, I mean, anything in English, really. Not so much Japanese, more okay. English or American literature. Oh, I see, I see. I see. Did, you do? did you do any sports at all? Well, um, at, at YES, I don't think there was much of a venue for sports. There was nothing. Really. There was nothing. nothing. <laughs> and then we, my father retired. In, that was 77, and we yeah. went back, and he was posted back to the UK. Okay. So I went into the sort of examination system to get into university right. and did my O-levels and A-levels. And then after about three years of you know, fiddling around with that, doing one year of O-levels and two years of A-levels. Studying, what was your focus? Um, Japanese, because I spoke it. Okay. And I did the Japanese O-level and Japanese A-level, and I got those. Right. Uh, sociology, which at that time was sort of a very Marxist bent, but it was there when right. it was something I could do. And English literature, which I started to hate because it was, you know, um, it was just too medieval, I think. Um, the O level, it was, uh, what's his name? Chaucer, which Chaucer. I can't stand. Yeah, right. poetry. Yeah, it's okay. it, it, very difficult to understand. But I passed that as well. Okay. Um, passed my A-levels, got the required A-levels to go to university, but then my sister said, I was undergoing some sort of family problems at the time with my brother, and I also, the next brother upwards, and also I wasn't really hanging in with the right crowd in London at the okay. time. It was a rather depressed... Well, you had spiky hair and... Sorry? You had spiky hair and you were... Pretty much, what? yeah. Pretty much no, on you that. Didn't. No, I didn't have spiky hair, but you know. What are you doing? Well, but you, but you were really hanging out with the wrong crowd. I was probably hanging out with the wrong crowd, and she said, you know, why don't you come out to Japan? She was here for you know a holiday, just get you out of that. You know, my my brother was a bit of a bully, and you know he was wasn't treating me perhaps with the respect. But he, he, he thought he was your surrogate father or something. Or oh, yeah, he was the cutest family. guy in the family until I came along, so he didn't really like that. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> so she got me to come out here, so okay. which is what I did, rather than going to university. Okay. I mean, I, I had intended to go. But you finished college. What? I didn't finish college. You didn't finish, so just... So you never went to university? I never went to university so much regret. Okay. But when I came out here, my sister had been working in the music industry with uh, CBS Sony. Okay. Really just transcribing lyrics and stuff, listening, you know, those lyric sheets that you get in the albums and listening to the lyrics and then transcribing them. Right. Um, you know, I was just hanging around, not really doing anything, just enjoying my holiday here on a, on a, on a tourist visa. Well, maybe I shouldn't say this. <laughs> and she said, you know, people at CBS or Sony Music were, they needed, you know, someone to, you know, there was a bit of a, the, the number of, the, the, there was a, a sort of growing sort of trend to sell music overseas, Japanese music, so they needed someone to correct the pronunciation in the studio, in the recording studios, okay. and also do lyrics. I don't want to do this because I'm bringing up children, is what she said. Oh. And then, so she offered me, you know, the opportunity, and I, I took it. Okay. And I ended up doing a lot of, uh, you know, recording 
working in the studio mm -hmm. with a lot of Japanese artists, um, um, also writing lyrics and helping with pronunciation. And mm -hmm. I, I did this for up to about five years, I think, five, five or six years. years, while doing other okay. jobs, of course. But what were the other jobs? Well, you teaching English? Or I was teaching like English. I <coughs> fell into that, you know, because mm -hmm. you didn't always get these recording mm -hmm. jobs all the time. Mm -hmm. So I taught English. I taught English at Berlitz for three years, which, you know, was very tough. But right. it paid well. Yeah, it paid well. You but know. This, is the before, this is during the bubble. This is during the bubble, so, so it's in there's Nihonbashi. money everywhere. There's money oh. everywhere. It's the foreign exchange guys. It's the guys That's from right. the Bank That's of right. Japan That's right. who can talk about finances, but they can't say that they've spilt their, their coffee or something. They cannot say that. Right. <laughs> and I saw it actually happen. That's right. So that was good. You know, it was 12, 13 hours a day of, of sitting in a small room with, with some guy, or That's if, right. if, 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 if you were lucky, perhaps. You know, Opposite gender. Person. That's right, right. Yeah. 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 more pleasant. Yeah. yeah, more pleasant, perhaps. Right. Um, but um, I did that for three years. While I was doing that, I was also doing recordings and things like that. So okay. quite a tough, wow. tough time for me. But you know that paid even better. Of course. And in some cases, um, I still have the copyrights to some of those songs, so I get royalties even now. Because you wrote them. Those yeah, I wrote, songs, I, yes. I wrote the lyrics. And you still get royalties. I still get royalties, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, how many songs do you think you wrote? I probably wrote about, I don't get the royalties for all of them, but, but probably about about 50 or 60. So Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So that's, a, that's an interesting business to be involved in because it's like insurance annuities. You keep on getting it. It doesn't stop as long as you're alive. It doesn't stop paying as long as the copyright's there for, right, I think, 70, 70 years, I think it is. 70 in, years? In Japan, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And these were, some of these were quite major artists, mm -hmm. you know, like the Yellow Magic Orchestra. Yes. Or, or um, the Mods or Kodomo Band. You mean you wrote their songs? I you wrote, I, I did a, some of the solo works for the, okay. the Yellow, especially Hosono-san. Haromo Hosono, who I reckon is the best bassist, right. um, whose who's, uh, grandfather was a Titanic survivor. Was he? And he used to tell me this story. Oh. It's fantastic in the studio. Um, I wrote four songs with him, no, no, five, which I still get royalties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you'll never forget that. You know, f nearly 40 years ago. Wow. <laughs> so that that's beautiful. Quite fun. So that's something you'll always remember. Yeah. It'll always be with you. And so then the the you know my name was on CDs on oh, albums. So they're, yeah, so they're yeah. still there. Yeah, they're still there. So that's oh. interesting. Well, see, so your names are very interesting. Giles, Giles, Duke. Giles Duke. Giles Richard Hare Duke. Giles R Duke. Did you put R Duke or did you put Richard? Um, sometimes Giles R H Duke, or sometimes just Giles Duke, or. Okay. Sometimes they'd screw it up and it would be Duke Giles or... <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, yeah. And your father's Duke. The last name Duke. Duke. It was Herr Duke. It was a double-barreled surname, but I think they, they took it off and just kept that as a middle name. Okay. So it was Duke. All right. Have you done your DNA? Have you gone through that? I haven't, no. All right. I would, I would think that you might be interested in being involved in literature and going back and... Wanted to know what your ancestry is. Well, my father always said we were descendants of Oliver Cromwell, but I never quite believed that. But I've heard that several times from mm -hmm. other people as well. But no, 
But you can find out so easily now. I think you can, yeah. Oh, yeah, you can mail it in and find out. And you boop, 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 boop. After teaching English, mm. I was hired by a direct marketing company. Um, this is all through my sister's husband, really, who okay. had used to do design work for the Japanese equivalent of what was the Franklin Mint. Do you remember the Franklin Mint? Yes, I remember yeah, Franklin Mint, yeah, yes. Coins and right, right, cars right. and vases and that kind of stuff. But this was the, a Japanese version set up by people who had been employed by the Franklin Mint. So I was okay. working, doing that um, for three years. I doing was what would you do? Basically, it was a lot of translation because they okay. did have a lot of licenses with um, museums in, in the U.S or we did a replica of the emperor's Mercedes-Benz car that he used to, the old emperor, the, right, the, right, right. the, the Showa emperor. Right. So I used to do the contract for that. Um, also, um, they, had, they had a branch company in Princeton, which my brother ran. So we were both in the same company. <laughs> kind of weird. And which brother, the oldest? The oldest brother. The one that was kind of a bully. No, no, no. That's my brother next to me. Oh, that was the one next to you. Yeah. So your older brother and you got along, but you said so. The one next to you was the cutest until you came along. That's right. Seven years. Oh, I'm thinking about the oldest. Okay. Yeah, the oldest. Well, the he oldest, was good. Yeah, the oldest was here when I came to Japan for my second sojourn, and then he got this job with this direct marketing company, and right. then he was sent out to the states to run their U.S. operations. Right. To Princeton. Where he still is, yeah. Yeah, which, where he still is, although he's not employed by that company anymore. Right. But, right. And so I joined that company, but in Japan, okay. and, and doing, you know, sort of communications with him. Back then it was, actually we did it by telex or by and fax. Didn't you, right. You had to go down there and get the message. You had to go down to Marinochi, didn't you? Didn't telex, oh, you had a telex machine in we your office? We had a telex machine in our office, which is <laughs> oh, the, the height of... Oh, uh, that's that. I'm yeah, telling you, yeah, guys that's rolling. Really? Yeah. Wow, this big, big telex machine. Come in real time. Yeah, real time. It's it comes, you know. It's something out of, like, the, the hunt for Red October. Wow. So how long did you and your brother work together? Um, we worked together for three years, um, but then the owner of the company wanted me to work for his real estate company mm -hmm. um, in Japan. So I went there, and that was in Kyobashi, and I went there for seven years, which is kind of a waste of my life, really, I uh, think. That was well, your brother-in-law? That wasn't, no, no, this was, my brother-in-law was the was the owner of a, of a graphic design company. Who did you say you went to work with who? When you went to... You know, the, the owner of the direct marketing company. Okay. It's a bit complicated. Right, right. And he owns a real estate company. Okay, oh, I see. Yeah, and he wanted me to help him with his, his US and New Zealand investments. Okay. So I sort of helped him manage those right. in, in this real estate company. But, but I also still continued to work for the direct marketing company, okay. which was under the umbrella. It's confusing, I know. No, no. But my brother was there, and, mm -hmm. you know, and I would translate, and if, if fashion designers would come to Tokyo, you know, I'd translate for them and, and, and do that kind of thing. But at the same time, I was also doing this guy's taxes in Texas right. and where right. he had investments or in New Zealand and right. things like that. And that was rather 
a rather a difficult time, I think. Mm -hmm. I worked for, it was a very traditional domestic company, you know, mm -hmm. real estate company and, mm -hmm. you know, ladies in uniforms bringing the tea and that's right, that's right. guys smoking and oh, drinking everywhere. every How were you night. at this time? How old were you at this time? This I time? was sort of um, 30, early 30s. Had you met your wife yet? I'd met my wife. I'd married my wife. My wife. I married her when I was 24, 25, yes. Well, she worked for my sister's um, husband's graphic design company. Okay. And uh, I used to hang around there because there were quite a lot of f female persons. Right, right. And that was a sort of s stock of. <laughs> Available for women. Very, right there. You have, to, you have to go into the ocean. You right have to find. Pond, right yeah, there, right that's there. Where I didn't right. know any, anybody else. I mean, the record companies, they're not going to have any, you know, right. any studios, you know. Right. So, or in, in Berlitz, not really. And and she was an accountant there. Right. She was the KD person. And we, we just used to hang around. And I used to hang around with the other designers. And we used to sort of play music or go bowling or... You play music? Well, sort of very badly. What do you play? The bass, but I'm okay. ho hopeless, absolutely hopeless. Okay. Four or five strings? Yeah, uh, four. four. Oh, come strings. on. You, nobody would play. Real bassists would never do five string, right? No, no, the good ones nowadays are all six or... Are they doing six? Yeah, six. Okay, but I hear that a traditional bassist is four strings. Oh, of course. Of right. Course. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with, a f with no frets. You That's know. right. But That's I was right. doing with frets. This was a, a Fender. Okay. Yeah. Um, even then, it's quite difficult. It's not easy. Wow. I love the I love the bass. Anyway. When did you start playing bass? At Saint when I was twenty. No, no. When I was in my twenties. Oh, in your twenties. Okay. Yeah. So you know, the designer guys would want to form a band. They didn't have a bassist, so you do it. But <laughs> I would play really badly. Okay. So you met your wife. You got married. Had your son. Right. Who's now in his thirties, right? So he's, he's thirty-six. Thirty-six. Yeah. yeah. My goodness. So was it difficult for you at that time when you married your wife? Because her, where's your wife from? My wife is from um, Saitama. She's okay. She's right here. Yeah. All yeah. Right. And yeah. does she have a big family? I mean, she have siblings. She has siblings. She has, I think, uh, what is it? Four. I think she's four sisters and one son. So. Okay. And she's the oldest, so it's the other she's way around. She's number one. She's number one. What kind of cars do you like? I have a thing for, because I was brought up here for, for 70s Japanese vehicles. Okay. Uh, and also 1970s French cars. Quite odd. Um, also uh, Chevrolet Camaros, that kind of stuff. I don't like the 60s ones. I like the 70s ones. You okay. know, that, the, the Pontiac Trans Am. They're, they're sister cars. Basically. So tell me this, so what made you decide to get involved with Tell? Um, I, in the, <laughs> very interesting, uh, last at 60, the last couple of years until I retired from Universal Music, I was in their HR department. Actually, I'd done HR before at BMG back in the early 2000s. And I was personally in charge I was their chief HR specialist, but I was personally in charge of dealing with mental health care issues at Universal Music. Just as sort of COVID was coming in and people were stuck at home, it was yeah. lockdown. Right. 
they closed the office basically you couldn't come in without a special sort of permission from your from your manager and so I handled a lot of these cases and dealing with employees who you know who would work for a whole week without any sort of communication with anyone you know and some of them were having mental issues mm -hmm. and we would arrange um, interviews for them with with clinical psychologists and, mm -hmm. and, and try to resolve the the issue mm -hmm. in some cases unfortunately they had to they had to leave mm. do you find way. that do you find among the sexes is slanted towards one way versus the other like more men are involved or more women are involved in the ones that have problems or do you think it's pretty even oh that's that's a very good question I, I think it's it's pretty much even Right, um, unless it's you know something like a sexual harassment mm -hmm. issue, which actually wasn't such a, a major issue anymore. Uh, not so much anymore. <laughs> it used to be a big issue. It used to be a big issue, yeah, especially during the bubble. Because yeah. I remember they said even the airline attendants were going nuts because the guys would get on the planes and just go crazy. Right, absolutely. They sure would. They'd go crazy. And you, you know, such airlines, yes. close proximity That's to right. these, these women, yeah. and and they are very attractive in in many cases. So, so what what do we find you doing now, these guys? Well, you just mentioned that. That's what you do, right? Right, exactly. That's so I, I did twenty years in in BMG and then EMI and then Universal Music and then I came to to tell, uh -huh. uh, to run it, basically to. I mean, I'm not a, a psychologist or a clinician or a right. specialist, so... Right. So you don't have to take any of the calls? You don't, you don't take the absolutely calls. not. Okay. That, that, that um, requires training. Mm -hmm. And actually, I think we're just about to finish um, right. some of and the... And you're, hir you're hiring people now, too, because I see that on your... Are you? Yes, we're hiring people, yeah. yep. We're, to do we're, what? We're growing. We're growing. Well, firstly, we've... we've the lifeline and then the clinic have been the two mainstay pillars of, of the TEL operation. Um, the lifeline is the core of it, really, and that's how TEL started back in 71 or 72. It was, it was started by Christians, actually, right, right. Um, just to deal with uh, you know, foreigners who'd come to Japan and they'd feel lonely or stressed out or they couldn't deal with the culture and they had issues as a sort of suicide, not mm -hmm. as a sort of, as an actual suicide pipeline. Yes. Yeah. And that's been kept going through the years very successfully. What year did it start? Uh, 70, I think, Inochi no Denwa, which is the Japanese version of that, mm -hmm. Inochi Lifeline, mm -hmm, yeah. started in 71 or 72. Because I believe it started, right? Or it, 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 maybe it already existed when I came, because I came in 74. Okay, it was already right. here. I think it was already here then. And then yeah. they but they saw new. the need for one that would deal with non-Japanese uh, language speaking people. So they set up TEL, which at the time was the Tokyo English Lifeline, okay. and that's what it was right. called. Right. And it was set up by, I forget his name, Reverend, it was a Japanese Reverend okay. who started it, right. uh, but, but Christians. and. It's not affiliated now, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and that's been kept going for, actually next year we're having our 50th anniversary, 
so a half a century. Wow. We have telephone and chat. What's the difference between the telephone and the chat? Well, telephone is is someone on the other end okay. of, the, of the of the phone. Right. You know, and, and chat is just text. It's text. Okay. So now about seventy percent of our calls are chat. When did you when did you start doing that? Um, uh, a few years ago. Okay. It's it's quite recent. Wow. So that's that's growing. Uh, unfortunately, well, we had. I think last year we had uh, nearly 8,000 interactions on the lifeline alone. Mm -hmm. And on clinic, which is also, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, it's growing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because of COVID. And right. You know, last, in the first, last year, the UN has just reported that there was a 25% growth in anxiety and depression worldwide. Okay. Um, so the clinic is growing. Last year we had uh, 14,000 sessions. With no, the clinic means, this isn't a place you go, it's just what it's called. It can be a place you, you can go. We do have a clinic inside the, the Tell office. And where's the Tell office? The Tell office is in Minami Aoyama. Okay. And there's another one in Okinawa. Okay, so you have two. We have two, two offices, mm -hmm. yes. Um, a lot of our uh, clinical sessions are online, but w where the case involves children, then we have to have it face to face. Okay. Um, the clinician will come into the office and meet in a separate area, private, where we're working in the office, and we don't. Most of our work is done, you know, hybrid. It's a hybrid mm -hmm. work from home or work in the office. We don't know who's there, so it's completely private and mm -hmm. completely um, shut out. I have no knowledge oh. who the who the who the person is who the person is or the right. patients are. Right. It's and even more stricter on stricter on, on, on the lifeline. I have absolutely no knowledge who's who's calling me. Sorry. Right. But from what age? Um, that's a very good question. I, I hear it's from about seven or eight. The kids can come in from seven or eight. Yes, but they must come in with with, with their parents. Yeah. Absolutely. From what age can they come in without a parent? Uh, that is, um, I think it's eighteen. They have to be 18? Yeah. Okay. So if they're 17, they must come with a parent? Yes. Oh, with okay. a guardian. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. And then you, how long do the sessions last? Or do they have to pay for these sessions? Uh, it, yes. Um, psychological sessions are not covered by the, the Japanese national insurance mm -hmm, yet. Mm -hmm. Although that is likely to change, hopefully, right. within the next few years. Um, depending on the person's income, we can offer subsidized care. Okay. So if you're making a lot of money, you'll have to pay, I'm, I'm afraid you have to pay the full rate. Right. But if you're on a low income, if you're a low income person, then it's the subsidized rate. Right. We do do a lot of work for the, the US military. Oh, you do? Yes, we do. A lot of our work in Okinawa and also Tokyo is with the US military. Well, how do you do that? How does that work out? Well, we get, they, they can't cover everyone on base, and their insurance company refers the, the insurance holder to us. Oh, so the insurance does cover this psychological yeah. help? The, the US the insurance. US military, okay, yes, yes, it does, yes. Okay. Yes. And if you have a similar insurance in Japan, which I don't believe, I'm not sure exactly what, what framework that exists mm -hmm. in, that, that might cover it, but the Japanese national insurance or, or you know, company insurance doesn't cover it. Okay. Yeah. 
So people come in and they say, well, how long? Well, it can be as long as they need it. It can be, yeah, three months, six months. It could be a year. Two years, right. We, we had a backlog in, in Okinawa um, because of COVID, because of the lockdown, people not being able to get off the base at all. Mm -hmm. um, quite a few, I think, you know, mental issues. Um, so... And you're over both. You're yeah. over the one here in Tokyo and the one in Okinawa too. Yes, yes. Okay. We have Tokyo That's clinicians who deal online right. with... Right. But with I'm saying you're in charge of both. I'm in charge of, of the whole thing. The whole thing. The whole yeah, thing, right. but I don't run the, the clinic. We have a clinical director, I a see. very capable um, American guy called William Cleary, okay. who has all the qualifications. Mm -hmm. I do not have these qualifications. Mm -hmm. The Lifeline is run by Vicky Scorgi, who's Australian. She's been with Tell for 20, 25 years. She's mm -hmm. like the mother load, the mothership, right. you know, and she has the qualifications necessary for that. Right and operating on the lifeline. Li the lifeline is run by volunteers, they're not paid. Mm -hmm. But it, obviously, we, we have to, to run it, and that costs money. Okay. The clinic funds that. Right. 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 And then last year, since I've come on board, we've, we've uh, grown outreach, which is building awareness, which is going to schools, organizations, mm -hmm. embassies. We do a lot of embassy work. Mm -hmm. You know, um, um, both community services and uh, corporate services. And from this year, we now have a, a, a guy called Mr. Cole Garrett who handles the corporate services. Okay. And he, he um, will, will be going out to corporations to, you know, assess their, their mental health care needs. Its resilience is growing, especially in companies. Mm -hmm. They there's a growing demand for employee assistance programs, which our clinic can provide, mm -hmm. and he's going to go out and, and sell this. It's it's something that will help fund, tell, pay for the employees. We are employees. I'm an employee. Yes. Pay for the lifeline. Pay for the clinic. Pay for the clinic. But the the, the, the goal is to to one is to grow mental health awareness, and and, and, and two is to to resolve mental healthcare issues. Right. And I would imagine you would have a lot of kids from the international schools coming to light to coming to tell. Because that used to be a big, you know, focal point when I was a teacher at the American school. Right. When the kids were especially high schoolers. Sure. When they were, you know, reaching puberty and starting to go through these different issues and their parents may not unfortunately their parents may not know what to do because no one teaches us how to parent. Right. I, a lot of it is to is to is to teach the the, the teachers exactly. how to deal with these issues, right. Right. and there are uh, some um, um, events that we've done with with parents. Right. At the moment, we're looking at um, mental first aid training for people who are dealing with um, Ukrainian refugees. So we're doing a lot of that. Um, actually, there was one session for that. I didn't go to it. But I've I've also been trained in the very basics of that, um, how to deal with a refugee as he or she, or they right. come off the plane, uh, you know, they're in... PTSD. You know, PTSD, that, right. all that right, sort PTSD, of thing. Right. Just assessing what their immediate needs are. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. they come out from a war zone, mm -hmm. they've landed in Japan, they don't know where they are. Okay. We do have uh, Ukrainian and Russian speakers. 
Oh, and volunteers. So they have to be trained. They have to be trained. Right. Mental health first aid is still a very sort of rather right, young um, subject in this country. And what we're trying to, to do is to get, actually it originates in Australia, of all places. What originates in Australia? Mental health first aid training, which is... You mean for your, for your program? For for our program, yes, Your program, but it we have the, in Australia. Yeah, we have one of our one of our um, people is is trained in that. But what we want to do is to bring the program over here and have a a, a validated system that will be able to train people in mental health first aid and to get the qualifications for that. And that takes a couple of years okay. and, and needs a lot of money. Yeah. Who do you go to mostly? I mean, how would an individual um, donate to the town? There are various ways. You can be a hero, which what we call a hero. Okay, what's that? And that's, we need that. That's a 3,000 yen do donation per person. Right. If you got 1,000 people to do that, it wouldn't hurt at all. We're required by the Tokyo Metropolitan Government to have 300 people do that every year. So Are you? In order to qualify as an NPO. Yeah. Okay. And that's not a secret. So that's on our website. Okay. If you, you need want 300 to people to give 3,000 yen. Three, and then become a, 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 a hero. A hero. Yeah. We have individual donors who, okay. from, who donate from outside the country, from the US, from the UK, from all over the world. We, um, we have corporate donors. We've, I'm allowed to say this. I've been asked to say this. We've just received a, a large grant from, from Zoom, the video people, okay. who, have, who are quite, doing quite well, I think. Here in Japan? Uh, from the US, actually. Oh, they, the, they're, they're donating from the US? That's right, from the CSR. Um, they have a CSR outreach division. Okay. And I met the lady who, who's in the, in the US. But CSR is what? Corporate Social Responsibility. Okay. Um, right. And that was a, a significant amount of money. Right. That was a large amount. They've, they had, and this was advertised, I think it was 500 million or 5 billion US dollars to give away. Oh, they, they, they have to give away in total? Yeah. So it was a portion of that? Oh, uh, yeah. I, I mean, understand. I mean, you're right. Yeah, a portion right, of that. Right, so so that that's allows us to do a lot of lifeline training oh. for this year and also next year and, and maybe add another training session. Usually we have two lifeline training sessions a year. I, now I'm starting to all come yeah. back to me. I know what you have to do. So, so when you find out these organizations, Zoom or Kellogg's or whoever it may be, right. you have to apply and say, who, here, here we are, this is what we do, then they make the decision. It's different. Oh, is it? Over the years, we've enjoyed grants from Mitsubishi, from Fujitsu, from the Nippon Foundation. That, and we have another one now for the Nippon Foundation, for Ukraine, they're, they're organizing a grant for that. Zoom was mostly, I think, it was, trust. It, it's trust, yeah. yeah. And sponsorship, so they, you know, they'll, they'll be sponsoring the Tokyo Tower climb, which we've reinstated for this year in October. So there'll be a bit of Zoom yeah. logos there. They paid sense. for it. That's right. Absolutely. Then why not? Yeah. They're not the only sponsor, of course. Right. Right. Um, they'll be sponsoring the Step Up Challenge, which is a similar event over October to, to celebrate, not to celebrate, but to raise awareness of Mental Health Day. Um, and they'll be sponsoring that and other sponsors. And they've, they have allowed us to do one extra lifeline training right. 
and to we need to, to grow the number of volunteers because the, the number of foreigners you know leaving Japan has dropped and so it's difficult yeah. to get we need volunteers the lifeline is in English so we need English speakers mm -hmm. obviously we have some Japanese there but you know it's mainly English English speakers so mm -hmm. you know we need money right yeah that's always the case you will never stop needing money we always need money please <laughs> tell needs money you know it, it that's right you know we need to, right. to, to prevent suicide to, to you know raise awareness to mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah we can't stop talking about that that's something you yeah. always want to continue to to ring the bell on yeah that's sure always understand, right that's always you know yeah. When I was an investment consultant, they used to tell us all the time, because we had to go through some very rigorous training, mm. mental training, and they said, sanity and insanity is paper thin. Oh, absolutely. Mm. The difference is paper thin. You never know what straw it's going to be. I know, and it's a shame, you know, to, to, to take your life when that paper thin line has been crossed. Right, right, right. And it's a silly thing. Right. Suicides last year were due to economic reasons. That's what the, most yeah. of them are, I yeah. think, in Japan. Yeah. Especially it's embarrassment stuff, and they can't yeah. see any other way. Yeah, they can't get out of it. They can't picture any other way mm. for this to happen. They don't believe mm. there's any other way. Right. You know, but there is. There always is. Right. It does come. Yeah. It's oh, it will come. Yeah. Yeah. I want to tell you, Giles, I want to thank you so much for doing this podcast. Not I really at all. appreciate it. No, me too. This interesting really, talk. It has been. Yeah. I want to thank all of you for watching this podcast. Remember, it's all on loan, so continue to reach for the stars because you're too blessed to be stressed. Mm -hmm.